I like oh, it. Do you want to do this thing? Uh, I feel as though we might, we keep delaying getting started on this business. I wonder what that's about. Um, two things. One could be procrastination. Um, or it could be that there's just so much bonkers stuff going on in the world that we have to, you know, catch up with each other. We have to catch up. You're right. Yeah. But that's kind of procrastinating too, isn't it? Yeah. It might be procrastination. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's do as the peg says and get after it. All right. Hi, and welcome to The Improvement Project, a podcast about being a better human through good habits, challenging yourself, learning from a wide range of experts, and celebrating all the little wins along the way. I'm Dr. Peggy Malone, a healthcare provider and human being, trying my best to be better and encouraging others to do the same. I'm in London, Ontario, Canada, and with me is my disciplined accountability partner, Jenny. That's me, Jenny Kouse, a marketing professional from St. Thomas, Ontario. I'm a small town gal and a big believer in the power of habits. We know from research and from our year of monthly habit challenges, how our daily choices impact and ultimately create our lives. So we're getting intentional about our habits and we hope to inspire you to become more disciplined, more consistent, happier, healthier, more productive, and overall, your own best self. Today's episode is episode 120 of the Improvement Project podcast, and we are not going to leave this until later. We are going to talk about it right now. What is it, you ask? Procrastination. You might as well go pro, right? You're going to (laughs) procrastinate. Go pro. That's that's right. Go pro. I'm sure that if you're human, you've been guilty of procrastinating at some point or another throughout your life. And maybe even if you're not human, do you think animals or aliens procrastinate? (laughs) I feel as though by entertaining this stream of consciousness, I'm procrastinating from the main point here. So first of all, what is it? Well, procrastination has its own Wikipedia page. And here's what it says. Procrastination is the avoidance of doing a task that needs to be accomplished by a certain deadline. It could be further stated as a habitual or intentional delay of starting or finishing a task, despite knowing it might have negative consequences. And also, side note, on that same Wikipedia page, I found this gem. A study of behavioral patterns of pigeons through delayed gratification suggests that procrastination is not unique to humans, but can also be observed in other animals. There are experiments finding clear evidence for procrastination among pigeons, which show that pigeons tend to choose complex but delayed tasks rather than an easy but hurry up one. So that answers my question about the animals. Wild. So uh, yeah, crazy. Anyway, our online pretend best friend, James Clear, defines procrastination as the force that prevents you from following through on what you set out to do. So why do we procrastinate? What is going on in our brains that causes us to avoid doing the things that we know we should be doing? So we're going to read now from the book of James Clear. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We will now read an excerpt from an article by the excellent James Clear, writer about habits, that will help to explain this. So the best way to understand this is by imagining that you have two selves, 
your present self, and your future self. When you set goals for yourself, like losing weight or writing a book or learning a language, you're actually making plans for your future self. You're envisioning what you want your life to be like in the future. Researchers have found that when you think about your future self, it's quite easy for your brain to see the value in taking actions with long-term benefits. The future self values long-term rewards. However, while the future self can set goals, only the present self can take action. When the time comes to make a decision, you're no longer making a choice for your future self. Now you are in the present moment and your brain is thinking about the present self. Researchers have discovered that the present self really likes instant gratification, not long-term payoff. So the present self and the future self are often at odds with one another. The future self wants to be trim and fit, but the present self wants a donut. Sure, everyone knows you should eat healthy today to avoid being overweight in 10 years, but consequences like an increased risk for diabetes or heart failure are years away. Similarly, many young people know that saving for a retirement in their 20s and 30s is crucial, but the benefit of doing so is decades off. It is far easier for the present self to see the value in buying a new pair of shoes than in socking away $100 for 70-year-old you. So this is one reason why you might go to bed feeling motivated to make a change in your life, but when you wake up, you find yourself falling back into old patterns. Your brain values long-term benefits when they are in the future tomorrow, but it values immediate gratification when it comes to the present moment today. So all of this said, what can we do about it? How can you stop procrastinating? Let's worry about it later. (laughs) Save me from myself. Oh, Jenny. (laughs) (laughs) Our online pretend best friend, James Clear, says that the answer lies in taking action. As soon as you start doing the task you've been avoiding by taking action, the pain of procrastination begins to subside. In fact, being in the middle of procrastination is often more painful than being in the middle of doing the work. The guilt, shame, and anxiety that you feel while procrastinating are usually worse than the effort and energy you have to put in while you're working. So the problem is not doing the work, the problem is starting the work. So if we want to stop procrastinating, then we need to make it as easy as possible for the present self to get started and trust that motivation and momentum will come after we begin. Motivation often comes after starting, not before. This resonates with me so much. That Mm -hmm. feeling of procrastination is so yucky. And really, as soon as you start taking action, you feel better. You're like, okay, let's go. I got it. I'm on it. Yeah, I would agree with that. So give yourself a reward for taking action now. So as our other online pretend best friend Gretchen Rubin does, pair the task that you are avoiding with something you love. For example, only listen to podcasts that you love, maybe like The Improvement Project, when you are walking or exercising, or only watch your favorite show when you're folding laundry or making dinner. Basically, pick something that you love to do and only allow yourself to do it when you're doing the dreaded task that you are procrastinating on. This definitely works. I have tried this before with exercise and yeah, this works. Mm -hmm. 
And we've talked about the good habit strategy of pairing in the past, and it's a great way to help you avoid procrastinating. And it's also sometimes referred to as habit stacking. All right. You can also make the consequences of procrastinating more immediate right away. So that sounds a little complicated, but let me, let me break this down. Usually the consequences of avoiding something are far into the future. For example, if I don't do my workout today, my health and wellness does not suffer right now. It'll be months or years down the road before that consequence shows up. But if I get an accountability partner and I tell her that I will meet her at the gym at 6 a.m. tomorrow to work out and then I don't go, now the consequence is immediate and it is that I am a jerk right now for not showing up for my partner. <laughs> Total jerk move. So <laughs> speaking of accountability partners, similar to the above the example that Peg just mentioned, but on the flip side of this, Peggy and I have discussed that the rewards for your good habits are a long way off. In this exercise example, the reward is good health years from now. And the rewards for your bad habits are more immediate. So feeling relaxed, lying on the couch, watching Netflix instead of working out. So using the technique of adding in an accountability partner is one way to avoid procrastination and make sure that you follow through and get the benefit of exercise, even though the reward is far into the future. And you get the benefit in this case of hanging out with a friend, which is kind of like habit stacking. So double win. Yeah, you got it. All right, here's something else you can do. Design your future actions or also known as plan ahead. Mm. James Clear shares that psychologists use a tool to overcome procrastination and it is called a commitment device. So commitment devices can help you stop procrastinating by designing your future actions ahead of time. For example, and this one is so top of mind for me lately, you can stop wasting time on your phone by deleting games or social media apps. I'm looking at you, Twitter. Side note, this also helps with my mental no mental health because yep. I have spent way less time in the doom scroll since I deleted the Twitter off of my phone. Yes. So even though it's not specifically related to procrastination, unless you go looking for snacks when you're procrastinating, you can use the same strategy by keeping food and drink that you know isn't good for you and that you want to avoid out of the house. You feel good right now about the pile of chocolate bars in the pantry. That's your present self, but your future self might eat them all in one sitting at 11 PM and you can't trust her. So just keep those out of the house. This feels deeply personal right now. <laughs> it's not about you, Jenny. It's all good. I ate a full chocolate bar today, little bit by little bit because oh. it was there. Because it was there. <sighs> so make sure your environment is designed for success. <laughs> So both of these examples Peggy just mentioned are part of a bigger strategy that's all about designing your environment to support the habits that are good for you and avoid those habits that are not so good for you. So this relates to procrastination in that sometimes you might fall into the rabbit hole of what we call procrasticlaring or procrastidecluttering. When you have a task that you need to do but you're avoiding it, it somehow always seems like a good time to tidy up. So if your environment is already tidy and clutter-free, you'll be way less likely to use this as an excuse to procrastinate. All right, make the dreaded task more achievable. The friction that causes procrastination is usually centered around starting a behavior. Once you begin or take action, it's often less painful to keep working. This is one good reason to reduce the size of your habits because if your habits are small and easy to start, 
then you'll be way less likely to procrastinate. Mm -hmm. James Clear, he's so great, talks about this and his favorite ways to make habits easier is to use what he calls the two minute rule, which states, when you start a new habit, it should take less than two minutes to do. The idea is to make it as easy as possible to get started and then trust that after those two minutes, momentum will carry you further into the task after you begin. Once you start doing something, it's easier to continue doing it. The two minute rule overcomes procrastination and laziness by making it so easy to start taking action that you cannot say no. So we've discussed this in the past by saying, just put on your shoes as it relates to exercise. Or sometimes I share this advice that you should commit to doing something for five minutes. If you get to five minutes and you really are done and you don't wanna do it, fine. But often, just as James says, once you're over the hump of getting started, you'll develop the motivation to keep going with the once dreaded task. Similarly, another great way to make tasks more achievable is to break them down into smaller pieces. So often when we have a dreaded task, we avoid it because it feels so overwhelming. Breaking it down into tinier, more manageable chunks is a great way to take the next step and get into action and stop procrastinating. Okay, so we've shared some great tips, at least we think they're great, for overcoming procrastination and encouraging you to get after it. Did we miss any? Let us know what your favorite strategy is for overcoming procrastination. And do it right now. Don't delay. Find us on the socials or send us an email to theimprovementproject at drpeggymalone.com. All right, now it's time for a segment that we call Ooh, Me Likey. Peggy and I like talking to each other about podcasts we've been listening to, books we've been reading, and maybe even random internet hilarity we found, and we feel like maybe you'll find it fun too. So each week, each of us will share something that we are loving, that we find useful or practical, or just something that is pure frivolity and fun. What you liking? This week, I am loving Amy Porterfield. I love her too. She's so great. So she is. let me tell you about her. She is an online marketer who I am following, and I recently purchased a course from her. And the course I purchased is a very meta situation because it's a course about creating a course. My mind just was blown. Amazing. So I want to let you and our listeners know that based on this course that I have purchased and that I am working on, there are exciting things on the horizon. It has been on my list, which maybe you have, uh, you have some recollection of if you listen to our podcast episodes about our goals for 2019 and 2020. Mm-hmm. It's been on my list in both of those years to create a course and I'm finally getting after it. So definitely stay tuned for that. And if you want to check out Amy Porterfield and get to know her a little bit more, you can listen to her weekly podcast, which is called Online Marketing Made Easy, or you can go to amyporterfield.com and I'll put links into the show notes. And she's just super great. She's awesome. She is. I really like uh, listening to her podcast, especially while I'm working. Um, even though you know I'm not in the business of creating courses like she is, there's so much that she talks about that's completely transferable to you know other areas of marketing. So I, I really echo that and think people should check her out. She's just got a great way about her too. Yeah, she's lovely. I like her. Okay, so here's what I'm liking All this right, week. I watched it the other night, Enola Holmes on Netflix. Oh. Is this on your radar? I ha- I've, it's on my radar. I haven't seen it yet, but I am excited, especially because um, Henry Cavill's in it. And I, I know. A, I, I have totally a little crush on him. him. <laughs> I know. And he's 
he's really, really good in this. So I watched this movie on the weekend and it stars Millie Bobby Brown, who plays Eleven on the series Stranger Things, which is also on Netflix. And Enola Holmes is the story of Sherlock Holmes' younger sister. And it is so good. I highly, highly recommend that you watch it. So, and of course, uh, Sherlock Holmes is played by your boyfriend. Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. Yeah. Which it's weird to see a jacked Sherlock. Yeah. Because he's not usually that kind of type of guy, is he? No. Like Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. Like those are our more contemporary ones we've seen. And he's a very different looking. And it really doesn't touch on him much. Like he's not in it being Sherlock. Okay. Much. He's in it. It really is centered around Enola. Cool. And she's so good in it. And her mom is um, Helena Bonham Carter. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. There's the whole kind of undercurrent is like the women's suffrage movement. And it's so good. And one of the kind of really cool things that's in it is the secret messages that people would post in the newspaper kind of in Victorian times. And they would use a cipher to decode these messages. And there's a really cool video on YouTube that Netflix put out about these messages that people, these secret messages and how they would communicate with each other through the newspapers. Oh, Very awesome. Cool. I'm pumped oh. to watch it. I've been, it's definitely on my radar, but I haven't had a chance yet. So I'm, so I'm going to get after it for sure. But it's long. It took me two sittings to watch it. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Anyway, that's all. All right. Well, let's move on to you win or you learn. Each week, Jenny and I will trade off during this segment to let you know where we did something right and there is cause to celebrate or where something perhaps went off the rails and allowed for a learning opportunity. These can be related to our journey as we take on new habits, or they may just be celebrations and bumps in the road in our everyday lives. All right. I'm up for the win this week and I have gone live in our Facebook group two weeks in a row. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I feel as though it's locked in. We'll see. Like maybe I need three or four or more to get it really locked in, Mm -hmm. but it's every Thursday at noon Eastern. So this particular episode that you and I are recording right now will Mm -hmm. drop at 6am Eastern on Thursday, October the 8th. So if you are listening to this on Thursday morning of that day, I'll be in the Facebook room today at noon. So go over there and check it out. There's some accountability. Yes. Of course, if you are listening to this after that, you can still go to the Facebook group and all of the Thursday lives are available to watch after the fact. But of course, I would love it if you were there. Um, And also, if this is something you're not sure about or you don't know what I'm talking about, I would love it if you haven't already to join us in the Facebook group. I've dialed up my... presence in there and I will be there more often. So we discuss habits and routines and we support each other to stay on track. So go to Facebook and search for the improvement project and then click the join button and I'll add you to the group. Awesome. Well done. All right. What's your learn, Jenny? Uh, I'm embarrassed. embarrassed. All right. Let's do it. Here it is. I'm just gonna be out with it. So we've talked about the diet soda problem that I had overcome years ago. That was the thing that kicked me into being interested in kicking bad habits and getting new ones. But, you know, pandemic, mm-hmm. um, little caveats to rules. Uh, it got tricky again for me and then I kicked it again. Um, and I've been so good with 
I have two habits I'm working on right now. One is exercise. So I'm using a pedometer to get 10,000 steps a day. And I'm using a big pitcher of water to make sure I drink all the water I need to a day. Those are going great. Okay. So those are wins. Win-win. Those are wins. But it seems like if I'm getting things taken care of in one area, it squishes out in another area. And this area happens to be the diet pop for me. Oh, dear. And I just, and do you know what, (laughs) this is what's interesting that happens is I get to the point with the diet pop where I don't even like it anymore. I'm just drinking it because I'm drinking it and I don't even enjoy it. And then that makes me stop. And then, but you know, for the first couple days when I get back into it, I really enjoy it, but then I don't. I don't have a great answer on this one. I'm in the messy middle. You're in the messy middle. Yeah. Okay. All right. You know what? I might just exist in the messy middle for a while. Well, the cool part is, is that you keep coming back to it. So obviously there's something here that you still need to figure out or that you still need to, you know, do some work to, to get to wherever it is that you need to go. But if you need to be in the messy middle for a while, I support okay. that. If it could just go ahead and stop being delicious, that would be great. <laughs> hey, can I just add here? Because we have a listener, Will, who I talk to outside of the podcast world, and he has an addiction to Diet Coke. And maybe um, I'm just going to like put it out there. Hey, Will, pay attention because maybe you should be paying attention to this too. <laughs> Will, do you want to go for a pop with me? <laughs> oh, man. Do you know what? Honestly, I'm not even joking. What kind of started me drinking it again? What was it? Hearing Bill Gates talk about it. Really? I didn't he hear this. He was talking about how he is obsessed with Diet Coke. And he was talking about how much he loves it. And he was talking to someone else about it. It was on Dax Shepard's podcast and they were both talking about how much they love it. And Dax was like, well, how bad can it be? Like Bill Gates is a pretty smart guy and he drinks it. And I, in that moment, literally oh, was like, you, you fell right into the Bill Gates loophole. I did. I did. I did. And I was like, yeah, you know what? You're right. And do you know what my problem is too? My doctor drinks it. Oh no. You know who else drinks it? my dentist (laughs) everybody's got a problem with it everybody's on coke that doesn't sound right (laughs) that doesn't sound right hey let me put it out there as a reminder for everybody else that might be trying to kick this habit there is a hormone that your body produces when you eat food it is called leptin leptin lets your brain know when you are full aspartame which is one of the ingredients in diet pop inhibits leptin So you're drinking diet pop. In your case, you're drinking it because you love the way it tastes. But some people are drinking it because they want to have less calories so they potentially could lose weight. But that is not necessarily working if you're inhibiting the hormone that makes you feel full. Mm. So diet pop is not cool. Aspartame is a neurotoxin. Stop putting it in your body. All right. And that's it for this episode of The Improvement Project. Remember to let us know if you are struggling with procrastination if any of our tips helped. And also let us know if you have a specific strategy that we might have missed. We would love to hear about it. For questions or comments, send an email to the improvement project at drpeggymalone.com. You can come and say hi on the socials. Jenny is on Twitter at jakehouse and I'm on Instagram at drpeggymalone. You can always get our attention by using the hashtag the improvement project. As usual, you'll find all the resources and links that we mentioned during today's show in the show notes at theimprovementproject.com. This episode was helpful at all for you. Please be sure to tell a friend and share it with them. 
this is the number one way that new listeners find our podcast. So if you found it helpful or entertaining, pass it on. We also have a Facebook group. So search for the Improvement Project on Facebook to join in on the conversation and watch Peggy discuss these podcasts live every Thursday at noon Eastern. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, stay focused and get after it. Thank you so much for staying until the end of this episode of the Improvement Project podcast. Now, if you're here, I have a feeling that you are interested in being a better human by up-leveling your habits and routines, and I want to thank you for listening and do something special for you to help you with that. Jenny and I have shared that in times of uncertainty, your habits can ground you. The year 2020 has certainly been uncertain and has pushed my anxiety buttons more than a few times. My habits have really helped me to take better care of myself as we navigate these strange days, and I'm hoping that my experience can help you too. With that in mind, I want to share a free resource that I have created with some habits that you can adopt in the midst of these uncertain times to help you calm anxiety, take care of yourself and your family, and control what you can as you navigate the weirdness of this time in history. Head to fivehabits.drpeggymalone.com now to download this resource and start feeling calmer right away. That's the number five habits.drpeggymalone.com. You got this. Big love to you. Stay focused and get after it, my friend.